Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I lived in Midland, Texas before I met the love of my life, and it was I was one of four guys that lived in a house. And the house owner was uh, very, very particular. I mean, it, you know, there was never a dirty dish. There was the, every, like, other day, the house got vacuumed. I mean, it was a cool place. It was not the typical bachelor pad that you walk into, you know, stuff everywhere. I mean, when people came over to our house, they're like, y'all four guys live here? And I'm like, well, I live in my room. Go check that out. It's a little different. <laughs> And but you know the the main areas we kept them really nice, really clean, and and the guy that owned the house, Lyle. Um, one day, Lyle, I walk in the door and Lyle is freaking out. He's like, "We've got rats." I was like, "You mean mice?" He's like, "No, we have rats." And I'm like, "Seriously?" He goes, "There is poop this big, all over the counters." And I'm like, man, you know, I thought you ran a clean ship here, Lyle. And, you know, just gigging him real hard. And he, I mean, he was just beside himself. So now he's an engineer. That does not mean if you are an engineer that I'm making fun of you personally. But, you know, Lyle was an engineer. And um, so he researches the best way to get rid of mutant rats. And he goes to Home Depot, Walmart, Target and the local grocery store and comes back with a grocery cart full of these traps. And so we just, you know, that was just Lyle. He's an eccentric guy. And uh, so we were sitting there one day and he could not catch this rat. Well, one day he's in the kitchen cleaning an already clean kitchen because that's just what Lyle does. And me and one of my other roommates, David, are sitting in the living room. I'm kicked back watching TV in a recliner. David's on the couch. And right in between us from the hallway runs a tree squirrel about this big. Right through the living room. Whoop! Now the funniest part about this, it's not going to seem funny to y'all, but the funniest part about this is me and David never said a word. We looked at each other and grinned. We, never, we didn't look to see where the squirrel went or anything. And it was about 15 seconds we hear, oh my gosh, there's a squirrel! <laughs> and this squirrel jumps up on the counter because I guess it had, that's where it was finding stuff to eat. And all four of us then tried to get one tree squirrel out of this house. Now, you have an engineer, you have a cowboy, you have a fireman, and then you have Jack. We don't know what Jack was. He, he doesn't even know what he was. And so... During the, this squirrel is running rampant, and Lyle wants to devise this way to, to trap the squirrel. And so he's going to make an alley like we did with panels yesterday, moving some heifers. And he's going to make an alley. He moves a small trunk in the middle of the living room and said, this will make it go that way. And I was like, yeah, that's going to work out. Where'd you graduate? A&M, Texas A&M? Shows. We might lose some donators after that one, but that's okay. That's okay. They might be too dumb to get that one. Um, anyway, uh, 
Now, if you went to Texas Tech, you know, that's a, that's a, different, that's a different story. Nobody graduated from Tech. You just went there for a couple of semesters and failed out and went home. That's what we did. Um, so anyway, the squirrel runs, vaults the chest or the little trunk and heads into the bathroom. Now our fireman gets involved. And he's like, I got this. I got this. And so he gets a broom and he is going to go into the bathroom. And you would have thought that we were sending him in after Osama bin Laden. He's like, y'all just open the door and I'm going to storm in there and I'm going to get that squirrel. I'm like, it's a squirrel. He's like, give me some gloves. You got any gloves? I was the only one that had gloves. So he put some gloves on. And so I'm like, you ready? Because I'm getting into this. This is great. I'm having a blast. If I could trap squirrels, I was going to turn one loose every week. I was having the time of my life. And so I said, all right, David, you ready? He's like, yeah, yeah. So I open the door. He runs in. Now, David is like 6'2", 240 pounds. I open the door, and I close the door. And the first thing I hear is, Whoa! <laughs> And I hear everything that was sitting on this six-foot counter in the bathroom being thrown off. And then finally, I hear this splash of water, and I hear the toilet seat go down, and he says, open the door! And I open the door, and he says, I got it in the toilet. <laughs> I said, no, you don't. He goes, yes, I do. Of course, I was playing right along. I was like, I don't believe you. He goes, it is in the toilet. Do you see it anywhere else around here? I said, prove it. He opens a lid, and that squirrel runs right up him and vaults off of him. By now, I am worthless. I am just worthless laughing. And so we had propped the front door open, and I think this poor squirrel had been terrorized enough because when he got out of the bathroom, he had had enough. And he went straight to the front yard and up a tree and was like... Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> he was mad. One of the greatest times of my life. But isn't it funny? Today, we're going to be talking about the little things. And, you know, I mean, when you, come, when you really start to think about it, the big things are hard, but you really can't do anything about the big things. I mean, I remember uh, back in, in last uh, Jaloon, um, in, in Jaloon of 2014, um, it really was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I get a text from my dad that says, Call Lee, your house is on fire. That was literally the text. So I called Lee, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh, your house is burning to the ground. I was like, okay, cool. Is everybody okay? Yeah. All right, call you back. <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, I can't drive 12 hours and, um, you know, put it out or anything. As long as everybody was okay, we had insurance. There's, you know, those big things, you just you can't do anything about them. But you know what? Those little things... Those little things have a way of creeping into our lives and just making a mess of not only our lives, but our jobs, of our families, of, of our relationships, our friendships, our workplace. I mean, those little things are just like sand. And, you know, I, I, I should have talked to Chris about this beforehand, but, you know, I heard like in Iraq with the helicopters and everything, that sand would get in there and they would just have to constantly be maintaining them and everything. And it's amazing how little things can really, really, really mess stuff up. This last week, I was out at one of the ranches that I do a lot of day working on, and it was uh, me and Chris uh, Carnahan was 
going to move some cattle, and we got them all gathered up. Now, it's just me and Chris. We got them all gathered up, and we were pushing them across the creek, and we had to go through this little gate first, and we got them all there. Now, if you have ever been around month-old calves, it's like being around a 13-year-old girl, okay? If you're a 13-year-old girl, we love you. Um, if you're an 18-year-old girl, we love you. These six to eight calves, 100, I don't know how many cattle there were, 100 cows go right through a gate, perfectly fine, and the six to eight calves at the end got right up to the gate and went <laughs> off into the pasture, 14 different ways. I mean, seriously, two ran this way, one ran this way, one went up, I don't know how. He went up. Take one of those little nice dandelions and blow it and then try to catch them all. That's what these calves were like. <laughs> and Chris looked at each other and went, we just can't push it. We didn't even go after them. Because we knew that we were just going right there. When we got the cows right there, their moms was going to come back. The moms was going to start calling for them. And if we would just get out of the way, those calves would find their own way over there. See, how to handle stressful things that you cannot control, sometimes you just need to let them go. Sometimes we, I mean, if me and Chris, we would have worn out our horses, we would have got mad, we would have worn out the calves. I mean, we had a lot of work to do. This was the very first thing that morning. Sometimes those little things, you just got to let them go. Those things like that make you worry, those things that, that kind of make you afraid, that kind of keep playing over and over in your mind every day, that you know you can't do anything about. We got to let those things go that make us anxious or doubtful or uptight or depressed. Sometimes if you let those little things start getting in your engine, you are going to crash and burn. And it's not the big things that's hurting us. It's all of those little bitty things that we can't do anything about, that we have no control over, but we sit there and we worry and we fret and we run wild all over the place, not only fix, we're not fixing anything, but getting in a tizzy. We got to learn how to let those things go. And you know, if you put those things like worry and afraid and anxious and doubtful and uptight and depressed and what other adjectives you want to uh, throw in the mix there, you know, that's all called stress. And you know what? Stress can kill you. Stress is a negative reaction to basically something that you have absolutely no control over. I mean, it, it really is. Stress can kill you and it's a negative reaction to something that you have absolutely no control over. So why do we have stress? Well, I, you know, I, I tend to try to look on the bright side of most things. Well, I think that stress is God's warning sign that you're trying to control things that only He can. We're, we're, we're kind of, you know, those rumble strips that my wife likes to drive on down the highway? And I'll need somewhere to eat after lunch if y'all want to invite me. Just so you know. Could, let's pray. God, we just, we're sorry for that. But that stress is that rumble strip saying, hey, man, you're getting over here into my area. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, in verse 6, Peter says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world 
are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Basically, what that says is, I, I love the, the verses right there. It says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. See, that's what we need to do with those little things that we think that, oh, we got them right up to the gate, everything's going to be cool, and then things just run off. We just need to say, you know what? I'll let God take care of those. We'll come back later and, and see if there's anything we can do about it later. Later on, we went and they were all standing at the gate, opened the gate, they all went through, no big deal. Didn't have to do anything. But there's about three things that those verses say on how to handle stressful things that we cannot control. And basically, this ver these couple of verses are telling us how to let them go. The first thing that we have to do is humble yourselves. Now, you know, humility takes on a, a vastly uh, negative connotation a lot of times. Humility doesn't mean sissiness, okay? Humility means maybe in this instance to admit that you can't do anything about this. I mean, seriously, you're not God. You can't do anything about it. So, so the first thing he says is humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And basically, let me summarize that for you. God's going to say either you can try to fix it or you can let me. Not both. So you get out of the way and I'll do it, or you can sit there and keep beating your head against the wall and getting all frizzy and frayed and blah, blah, blah. Humble yourselves. Admit that you can do nothing. Give it over to God. The second thing says is cast all your cares and worries upon the shoulders of God. I mean, you know, God's bigger than, than our, our little things. And, and, and it's really, really hard sometimes to, you know, people, Christians, I hate this. Christians say, and I'm not necessarily, I'm, I'm kind of telling you this, but they, they have this saying that says, oh, just give it to God. Just give it to God. That's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Give it to God. Just give it to God. Well, you know, and I, and I don't like that as a cliche about Christianity, but we do need to cast, I mean, the Bible says, cast all your cares and worries upon Him because He cares for us. He doesn't want us worried about those things, especially things that we cannot control. You are not God. So the first step is to humble yourself. The second thing, just give them to Him. And I promise you the first couple of times that you really try that, it's not going to work. I'm just telling you right now, it's not going to work. But just like with anything else, the longer you do it, the more practice you get, you'll get better at it. And the third thing, quickly in this, is it says, be alert and keep your head. I mean, that, that's what it says. Be alert and sober-minded that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Why would he say, be alert and keep your head? Because when you carry those worries and cares around, let me tell you exactly what it is. It's like walking in to a lion cage with a T-bone around your neck. I mean, those worries, that's what it is. You're walking in there like, hey, look at me, you know, come eat my head off. Man, just take that off. Just If you can't control it, man, just let God handle it. If in doubt, let God we're talking today about how to handle the little things. Handle stressful things that you cannot control by just letting them go. The second thing is don't procrastinate in dealing with the little things that you can do something about. Later on that day, we were, we were pushing some cows up in, in, right there into the pens at, at Charlie's house, and we got right up there and, and, and got them all in. And this one calf, I mean, we were like one pin into where they were going to be. We were kind of going through this little pin into another pin, and this little calf turns around. I don't know why. hundred cows right there. This little calf turns around, and he's going to dart by me. Well, 
I've been practicing with my rope, so I stuck it on him. Yeah, dallied up, and we're like, yeah, look at that. And, and, I, and I rode right in because I knew that if you've never chased a month-old calf, you know, just go to DIA and chase one of those jets down the freeway. That's about how fast they are. You know, Fiona, she gets really mad when we take off after calves because she doesn't like to run that fast. But, you know, there, there was something. I could do something about it. I was ready to do it, and I just did it. Sometimes we got to quit. No, not sometimes. We don't need to procrastinate in dealing with the little things that we can control. Just one little thing that we let go tends to take other little things with it. See, I wouldn't, it wasn't just about that little calf, but when one calf starts going that way, if there's any others, guess what? They're like, hey, buddy, where are you going? And they start trying to go with him, and they were all right there at the back. Don't let those little things go. If, you've got to, if you can do something about it, do something about it. We were right there at the gate. There was no sense in running back out into the pasture to catch that little sucker. Procrastination is the compound interest of stress. Think about that. Procrastination is the compound interest of stress. You, you know, you, we, we put off doing these things that we don't like to do. I don't like to do things. I know Ty doesn't like to do things. We do things. I mean, every rancher out there does things every day that they just particularly don't like to do. But just because you don't like to do them, when you put those things off that you know you need to do, they just keep compounding. And before long, instead of just one thing getting out the gate, you've got a whole mess of little things out, and then now guess what? Now you're stressed out to the max. In Luke chapter 9, 59 through 62, Jesus is talking. He said to another person, he being Jesus, he said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Basically, what Jesus is saying is don't procrastinate doing what you know you should do. And what you should do, everything that we're talking about right now, is only, is, is only available through your relationship with Jesus Christ. So a lot of people, they want the benefits of Christianity because that eternal life thing, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a big deal, you know? I mean, versus the alternative, you know, people are like, yeah, I want that. But, but they don't want to deal with the other stuff. Only through Jesus can we accomplish all we were meant to do. Get this one right and then start on the others. I mean, it, you know, it, you, you just got to quit I think that a lot of people are right there on the fence. Maybe some of y'all sitting here today are listening on, on the radio or, or watching on the internet. Man, you know, you're just like, man, I, I, want, I want to give my life to Christ, but somehow that devil, that, roar, that prowling, roaring lion has convinced you that when you give your life to Christ that you're not going to have a life anymore, but it's just the contrary. It is just the contrary because... Procrastinating does not delay what we don't like, it delays what we do like. In other words, procrastinating doesn't delay death, it delays life. Every single day that we spend on our own without Jesus in our lives is a day that we are just procrastinating. And after a while, that procrastinating just becomes commonplace and we just kind of turn away from God and we just go in a different direction. The little things in life... You know, 
how to handle the stressful things that you cannot control, just let them go. But if you've got a say in it, and that's one of the greatest gifts that God gave you, is He gave you a choice. He is not going to make you give your life to His Son. He's not going to. Not at all. He gave you free will, and if He made you, you wouldn't have free will. And all that is waiting on the other side is a life that you never dreamed of. But you've got to give it all to Him. And it's scary, and I've been there. Come talk to me about it. Talk to Ty about it. Talk to some of these other cowboys and cowgirls that have been there. A life that you never imagined is waiting on the other side of that decision that you've been procrastinating about. And then the last thing, that same day, pushing more cows. One calf got behind us. I mean, he just, there, there was nothing we could do. Hey, 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 screaming, hollering like banshees, and this calf just went. Right down to the creek in willows, 10 feet tall. And we could not get a rope on him because he just sliced through all those willows down by the creek. And we were chasing him through willows. And, it, and, it, and there was three of us. And the one calf, and there's three cowboys trying to get this calf out of the willows. And it took us about 30 minutes to get this calf out of the willows. I was ready to rope him and, and make him a little uncomfortable on the way back. But he, I think he finally realized that when he squirted out of them willows, he made a beeline for the barn. And so we just kind of loped along behind him, and he went right into the pens. But you know what? Sometimes those little things, you know, may, maybe they're not one of those, those stressful things that you, you don't have any control over that you just give them to God. Maybe they don't fall into that category. And maybe it's not one of those things that you're procrastinating about. Maybe one of these things is when we need to take that bad five-letter word called pride and put it in our back pocket and ask for some help. Because I guarantee you, if one of us would have gone out there, I don't know that we would have ever got it done. We would have eventually. I'm not saying that. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to ask for help. Too often we let pride tell us that we can do everything on our own. And you know what? In this culture right here, in this Western heritage, I don't care if you're a cowboy or, or not. We live in a rural society out here in, in, in Colorado. And um, we have this mindset that if you ask for help, that that means you're weak. No, it doesn't. If you need something, if you ask for help, that does not mean that you're weak. It means that you're not prideful. We have got to get it out of our head that, that we can't go and talk to somebody about what we're going through because I guarantee you nearly every single one of y'all sitting here listening to me has that thing that has just been bugging them and bugging them and bugging them and bugging them. And you just like, I don't know what to do about this. I've tried to give it to God. I can't get it done. I'm not procrastinating. I, I, I've prayed about it, but it's just keep going on inside of me. You know what? Pride makes a sorry best friend. Think about that. Pride is the sorriest of best friends. In James chapter 5, verse 16, turn there if you want to. I'm just going to read it right quick. James chapter 5, verse 16, James says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Let me put that in a little bit easier terms for y'all that kind of just kind of sounds like church, 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 church. Let me tell you what it says. Talk to a cowboy that knows Jesus and tell him all the things that are eating you alive from the inside out. Then there will be nothing blocking your prayers and they will become powerful. If you've been trying to give that one thing to Jesus and it just doesn't seem to be working out, 
Go and talk to someone else about it, and you'll feel nearly immediate relief. Because, see, this is what happens. That thing that you've refused to ask for help that has been, it might have been plaguing you for 50 years. It might have been plaguing me for 20 years. When you confess those things, I'm not saying that you have to go and and give everybody all the dirty details of every single thing that you've ever done wrong. But if you've got that thing that you just can't seem to let go, come talk to me. Come talk to Ty. Go talk to my wife. She's She's a certified life coach. We want to help you. We are not going to judge you, mainly because the Bible says uh, the measure by by which you judge others is the measure that you'll be judged by. I don't want to be judged by anything, and I ain't got nothing. I cannot look at a single one of you. I don't care what it is. I would never, never, never judge any of you. I don't, you know that thing that you're thinking about in your head right now? I'd look at you and go, well... I'm glad you got that off your chest, man. Let's start. Let's get healed from that right now. And that's what it is because the Bible also says that the the heart of man is dark. And when we keep those things inside of us, man, it just grows into this nasty thing that just consumes us from the inside out. But when we confess our sins, not only to God, but when we confide in in one of our buddies or, or into a professional or whatever the case may be, when we get that out in the open, you would be amazed at the life-changing effect that will have, that, that will do in your life. That's what I was trying to say. It does. I mean, when you finally, it's like a weight is lifted off of your shoulders. Guys, I see every single day, most of the people that I talk to, that, I mean, they are just, I mean, beyond depressed um, suicidal. I mean, they just think that their lives are a total, total wreck. You ever had one of those bad dreams where, I mean, it just scares the crap out of you, and then you go tell somebody about it, and you're like, yeah, and there's like this big carrot, and it had these fangs, and I mean, it was like coming after me, and it was pooping Skittles, and I was scared, and you know, it was, uh, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, and you're like scared to death, and you start telling somebody about it, and you're like, that doesn't really sound that scary, does it? like, no. (laughs) That's what it is. When you tell a friend or you tell a professional or or you tell your pastor, when when you tell people these things, man, it just, when you get it out in the open, you don't know how many times people have told me things that they just knew I was going to kick them out of my office and I just kind of grinned at them and I said, well, that ain't that big of a deal. I mean, can you go back and change it? No. All right, then let's move on. How about that? Yeah, I'd like that. And we sit there and talk, and they're like, you know what? I feel so much better now. And they're like, it really wasn't that big of a deal, was it? And I said, it was a big deal when you were trying to do it all yourself. Don't let the little things in life ruin what and who God wants you to be. Okay? Don't let those little things that, that, that just kind of seem to squirt out. You know, you think you're going to get right there to the gate. You think you're getting to where you want to be, and, and then things just go south. If you can't do anything about it, just come back to it later. Check on it later. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Give it to God. If you can do something about it and you know you should do something about it and it's within your power to do something about it, quit procrastinating of doing that because procrastinating isn't doing anything 
It's not going to help anything. It's going to make it worse. You're not putting off anything. It's just compounding until it's going to be this big, nasty, big thing, and it's going to have all these other little things that's going to take it with it. Deal with it if you can, and don't be afraid to ask for help. It really, it's not a sign of weakness. I mean, to, to see a cowboy or a cowgirl or, or whoever sit across from me or to hear that, that, that they talk to a buddy, man, that's the greatest thing in the world. I guarantee you every single one of y'all that can hear my voice right now, if you would just go to a trusted person, put a little faith in what God says and confess your sins or your problems, or your little thing, go talk to somebody about it, you will be instantly better. And I don't care if I have to spend 80 hours in the next two weeks talking to people, I want you better because just like Ty said this morning, what would it be if Save the Cowboy or this organization, no matter where it is in the United States, whether you're watching online up in Wyoming or in Delta or, or whatever the case may be, you know what would happen if ever one of y'all were instantly better and we came into a church service with the same enthusiasm, with the same gusto as we do a branding where we looked forward to it, we couldn't help but tell people stories about what we're doing. Not only could you, would you transform your life, you would transform your family. And when your family's transformed, your community's transformed. And when your community's transformed, your state is transformed. And when your state is transformed, your country's transformed. And when the country's transformed, your world is transformed. But it starts with you. What is going to happen when you leave here today? You going to keep holding on to that little thing? Or are you going to swallow that stupid pride that has been plaguing you like a virus for so long and just say, you know what? I'm either going to give it to God, I'm going to deal with it right now, or I'm going to call Kevin, or I'm going to call Ty, or I'm going to call Christy. I'm going to talk to my buddy down the road. Next time we're roping, man, I know this guy that he's been through some of the same things I have. I'm going to talk to him about it. and I just need to get some things off my chest because it's eating me alive. You do that, and I guarantee you, you will feel better than you have in your entire life. Don't wait. God's the one that's saying this, not me. Let's go to Him in prayer. God, I thank You so much for Your message today. God, we just help us to put that pride behind us. And, you know, those little things just help us to let them go if we can't do anything about them and cast all our cares upon You and, and to quit uh, procrastinating on the things that You would have us do. And most importantly, that's following you and giving our lives to you. And, and uh, God, just give all of us the courage to wake up each and every day and go to bed each and every night uh, in service of you and doing what you called us to do, not running off to a different country, uh, but just living our lives right now, right where we are, right for you. God, just uh, be with us all, and we thank you for the moisture that you've provided and uh, be with all those that are sick and hurting in the hospital and be with all of our, our soldiers that are here and overseas defending our freedom in this great country that we call America. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.